Every play, every musical, begins with some writer putting words on a page. Hello, and welcome to Stagecraft, the Broadway radio podcast that talks to playwrights and musical book writers about the shows they've created. My name is Jan Simpson, and my guest this week is Sarah DeLapp whose play, The Wolves, is now running at Lincoln Center's Mitzi Newhouse Theater following an earlier run last fall at Playwrights Realm. And although The Wolves was only DeLapp's first professional production, it was a finalist for this year's Pulitzer Prize for Drama. Hello, Sarah DeLapp. Thanks so much for, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Um... The Wolves has had um, had a really uh, successful, actually two successful runs at Playwrights Realm last year. I know because I was able to get one of the last few tickets to the second run. Um, and it's now <laughs> playing at Lincoln Center's um, Mitzi Newhouse Theater. But there are still some listeners who haven't had a chance to see it. So I wondered if you could just uh, briefly tell them what the play is about. Gladly. The play The Wolves is about nine teenage girls on an indoor soccer team. And every scene is a warm-up for their soccer games. Um, And that's, I think that's as good of a summary as I can give it. Um, It's really a play about watching these young people find out who they are and figure out what exactly they want their identity to be, which is, I guess, really the goal of that age bracket. What was the genesis for the play? What gave you the idea to do this? It's funny. Um, The play actually came to me, uh, which sounds slightly hokey or pretentious, as it were, but it did come to me at uh, an art exhibit. I was at the New Museum the summer of 2014 at this incredible exhibit called Here and Elsewhere, which was a survey of contemporary art from the Middle East and North Africa, and I was incredibly affected, viscerally affected by much of the work in the exhibit, and Uh, A lot of it, I would say, was political in nature. It was by Iraqi, Syrian, Lebanese artists, and the themes they were dealing with were understandably political. Mm -hmm. And there was something about the experience of taking in the art on the Bowery, surrounded by fellow New Yorkers. Um, Middle of summer, people were drinking cold brew and texting on their iPhones and talking about brunch and then taking in this incredibly upsetting work that was born of political and historical strife. Um, There was something about that distance that sparked what became the seed of the play, which was this beginning conversation, two simultaneous conversations, one about the Khmer Rouge and the other about the efficacy of tampons or pads on a soccer field. And so the play really came from language first, and I quickly figured out that the people having these conversations were teenage girls who were in an indoor soccer field, so they're in this bubble world um, of this fake grass, artificial grass, uh, that has been built for their leisure activity. Um, 
So, anyways, this is all to say, I guess if I had to put a finer point on it, but I think the originating idea was what could be further away than a bunch of suburban American girls on an indoor soccer field uh, trying to figure out who they were and who they were in the context of the world around them. And was it always then a girls' soccer team? It was. It was always soccer. Um, I think because I played soccer oh. as a kid, uh, although not at the level of the girls in this team who are actually playing at a very elite level, um, but I played soccer. And I feel it's the quintessential sport of the suburbs. And there's also something about it being global sports, mm-hmm. but in America, it living more in this in the youth sports um, that was appealing to me also just the idea visually of having a stage that was just astroturf um, (laughs) was very important to me so all of those reasons are why soccer I've read that you wrote the play in three weeks is that the case? Yes, I mean, the first draft of the play I wrote in three weeks. Um, It happened very quickly, but then I've been refining it for the last three plus years now. Um, But that first draft, yes. Is that your approach to just sort of write it out quickly? I think it helps. I think it helps with this sort of play that's built on a very casual language Mm -hmm. um, to get it all out in one draft. I think it helps. Uh, create a certain amount of consistency and find the rhythm and the music of it, which is so important. I feel like Mm -hmm. it helps to get it all out in one go and then go in and start editing and rejiggering text and continuing to refine it. I find it interesting that, that you started with the language. Is that the way you usually enter into your plays? You hear the conversation and then you figure out who's talking? Generally, yes, if the play is going to be any good, it starts from language. Um, I find that if I have too clear of a sense of what I want the play to be going into it, then it will only become interesting to me in the ways that it diverges from that original conception. Um, so there's something about the what I find to be the more organic process of building it from the atomic level of the word up into a full organism that for me feels the most alive. That's fascinating. Did um, Has the, the play changed very much between Playwrights Realm production last year and what p- people are seeing and will see at Lincoln Center? The text of it is essentially the same with a few very micro edits that I don't think many people would notice. Um, So the text is the same, but the configuration of the space is very different. Mm -hmm. Up until this production, we have done it in traverse or alley staging, so recreating the feel of being on a soccer field with audience on either side. Right. But this time around, it's in the Mitzi New House, which is essentially in the round Mm-hmm. almost in a thrust, sort of three-quarter round. Um, and so the staging of it, it has changed to invite more people into the play. So to me, it feels very different. And we have nine of the ten 
actors from last go around have been able to join us and we have one new incredible amazing very fantastic actor who's a part of it and so that of course has also changed the piece a lot one of the things that i was really struck by is that these young women uh they're high school age they're and, and, and they don't come across as stereotypes in the way that we see so many young women uh, in, in, in popular culture. That they, they don't seem totally obsessed with boys. As you said, the play opens with them discussing the um, uh, Cambodia's Khmer Rouge uh, regime. Is this an experience that you've had with young women? Have you spent a lot of time with women of this age group? I have, as a former teenage girl myself, I have unfortunately lived through it. <laughs> um, and I, uh, I worked for a long time as a tutor in New York, and my specialty became girls between the age of 11 and 17. Hmm. So I have spent a lot of time with young women of that age bracket. Did you find that they did have discussions like the girls in the wolves, or or did you take a little license with the kind of conversation? Oh, yeah, I think absolutely. Um, I mean, I feel like it's a shame that in many portrayals of adolescence, of female adolescence, that uh, I feel like in the most common portrayals of female adolescents that I've seen so far mm -hmm. tend to uh, portray girls as sort of as some sort of stereotype as you were saying earlier um, and I feel like there's actually such a breadth and width to the types of things that girls talk about when they're amongst themselves including uh, things that they're learning about mm -hmm. around in the world around them about politics about philosophy, about current events, about world history. I think there's this very exciting sort of like chemical process that's happening when you're in high school, when you're learning about everything for the first time, but also simultaneously trying to figure out who you are and who you want to be and who you are within this peer group and what that's going to mean for the rest of your life, but also trying to, you know, get a good score on your SATs or mm -hmm. go work an after-school job or falling in love for the first time, where I feel like there's this wild mix of topics. Um, and so I do feel like girls everywhere are talking about all sorts of things that we have no idea about. <laughs> Was there a point... The girls in the show don't have names. They're really identified by the numbers on their jerseys. Was that intentional, or did you at one point have names for them? Why? No, they never had names. Huh. Why Was there a particular reason for that? Yes, because I was... I, I should also say that I started thinking of the play as I was writing it, as a war movie, as following the basic tropes and structure of a war movie, in that instead of following a brigade of young men in the trenches preparing for battle, we're following a team of young women on the soccer field preparing for their games. Mm -hmm. um, and 
in that idea of them as part of this unit, a part of this team, I wanted to meet these girls and understand them only in that limited framework. So Mm -hmm. in this play, we're seeing them as part of a team, not as daughters or girlfriends or students or any of their many other identities, but just as athletes that are part of this very elite squad. Um, And so I only wanted to identify them as their team members and not give them character names. One Another thing that I uh, noticed in the play is that there is just one adult and I don't want to spoil things I'll let you spoil it if you decide to um, who the adult is but what went into your decision to include one adult oh I'd rather not talk about that yeah okay fair enough fair enough oh absolutely fair enough um how daunting um was it for you? I think this is your first produced play. Is that? Yes, that's correct. Um, your first pro- professionally produced play, and it becomes a Pulitzer finalist, and has drawn uh, such uh, praise and 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 acclaim. Has what has that experience? Has, how daunting has that experience been for you? Oh, daunting is an interesting word for it. Uh, I feel so endlessly uh, surprised and humbled and gratified by the reception that this play has had, which has far, far, far exceeded my wildest expectations Um, and been very exciting and bizarre. And, um, (laughs) And, yeah, very strange. But to me, even now that the play is happening at all. Um, and I, I also feel very lucky to be writing in a time where the theater is embracing these kinds of stories about women and that a play that features 10 women, nine of them mm-hmm. whom are teenagers, mm-hmm. is actually something that the theater is hungry for and so I feel lucky to be writing at a time where we're having those sorts of conversations about gender parity yes Um, now is does that mean that I don't I I think I've read uh, that your previous plays didn't focus entirely on women does this mean that this has opened a field that you want to explore more or do you feel maybe you don't want the pressure to just write about women. Mm, I'd have to think about that. Mm-hmm. Are you working on something uh, uh, new now that you might be able to just give a little hint about? Oh, I am, but I'd rather not discuss them. <laughs> They're all still in the works. Can you tell us so, how you um, first connected with Playwrights Realm because they've done such a great job of supporting and working with emerging playwrights. Yes, of course. I first connected with Playwrights Realm. I believe that Kate came and saw a Kate student workshop 
production, Kate, the literary manager mm-hmm. there, or the previous literary manager of the Playwrights Realm, came and saw a student workshop at NYU Playwrights Rising School that Club Thumb helped produce in the fall of 2015. And I believe she came and saw it then and might have even read the play before and was a fan and we connected soon after that. But that's how we really met each other. And and what was their support? I mean, how did they help in the development of the, of the play? They were incredibly supportive. Uh, I think because we also, that summer before the Playwrights Round production, we had a workshop production at New York Stage and Film in uh, as part of their powerhouse season at Faster. Mm-hmm. So we did a lot of development that summer immediately before going into production in New York. Um, so, and the Playwrights Realm was definitely around for that part of the process. And we had also already developed it with NYU and Club Thumb. So there was a whole lot of development on this to its world premiere. And I've also read that you took, um, even before this, you took a class uh, at Yale where you studied with Paula Vogel. And I wonder what um, what effect sh- she had on your writing. Was there something that you took from your your your, your work with her that has helped as you've uh, begun to launch your own career? Oh, uh, everything. I feel like everything she taught me was so incredibly helpful. Um, And I feel, until I took this class with Paula, I didn't really think that a playwright was something that a person like me could be. Um, What do you mean a person like you? Well, I just mean up until that point, I I think I had just assumed that most playwrights were like Tennessee Williams or Arthur Miller or male, I don't, white, I did, dead, what? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, but there was something about her uh, just introducing me to a whole new canon of plays and a whole new understanding of plays and what they could be and these very basic tenets of live performance that totally changed how I conceptualize theater. Um, and even the idea that a play could be language-driven and could come from this hmm. place of language first. Hmm. I feel like that was a concept she introduced me to. Had you then been writing before? Had you uh, written short stories, poems? Yes, I had written short stories before that, but not... And I had maybe tried a play or two before, but nothing like this. Mm-hmm. So you didn't set out to be a playwright? Um, I wanted to be a, oh, all sorts of things. But I think <laughs> before I wanted to be a playwright, I wanted to be a short story writer, a novelist, an actor. Um, but playwriting is really what took. What is it about the playwriting form that speaks to you? I think the idea of writing live performance is incredibly vital. Um, And in this age of total mediation, there's still something about going and sitting with 
a community that is forged together by watching these real people in front of you who are creating something together. And there's something about that that is so simple and ancient and real that I feel there's nothing like it. Yeah, I think um, many of those elements are uh, in in your play, um, The Wolves. And I wish you... Oh, thank you. Um, uh, much continued success with it and and obviously look forward to those other plays that you can't tell us about yet <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> thanks again for joining us and thank you for joining us we hope you'll come back next time and that you'll listen to all the other Broadway Radio podcasts which you can find on broadwayradio.com <laughs>